Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude Branding, a hospitality, branding, and experience design agency. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. Today, we get to speak with Colin Finnegan, founder and owner of FG Style in Amsterdam. His team has over 25 years of experience and involvement working internationally with the world's top hotels, restaurants, and private residences. During our time with him, we'll talk about projects he's been involved with in the past, the responsibility that designers bear within the greater community, and how sustainable design will continue to form the future of hospitality. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Thank you so much, Colin, for joining us today. My great pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we have we have seen your work across the globe and uh, just really impressive portfolio. Uh, you can tell that there's a lot of thought and intentionality behind the work that you guys are doing. So we are excited to talk to you and kind of dig deeper into your philosophy and um, where you're at as an agency. Um, so maybe just for those who aren't familiar with your company, could you give us a little insight into your story, um, what you guys do and how you came about? Yeah, of course. The, I've had the, the company now uh, based in the Netherlands for the last 25 years. That's really quite a time. But uh, as a, uh, personally, I was trained as an, an interior architect in England. Uh, in that time, I always also studied interior, uh, sorry, interior, as an interior architecture, but also Egyptology in the evening. Uh, and actually, it's very funny because um, I was always fascinated with the with the story and the power of uh, of buildings. Uh, and then when uh, when studying uh, Egyptology, that you find out that you know some of the greatest buildings in the world, most memorable buildings in the world, were built uh, uh, four or five thousand years ago. And actually, what happened is that the uh, the the architecture is so strong that they could leave them for four or five thousand years and then still to this day these are some of the most beautiful uh, buildings we have on on this planet so the way i always think is you should uh, start with, with a great basis it's really the bone structure uh which is the uh um uh is the key to to all design if you if you design well really as a blank canvas and just think about the, the proportions of a building, the routing, how people will be moving from A to B. Uh, so this is really the essence of, of, of my company. And so uh, the even the way I, uh, I decided to, to call the, the company FG Style, FG Style, was really based on the, the Dutch art movement, uh, Dish Style, from the, from the beginning of the last century, where you had the great artists of Piet Mondrian and Theo van Duisburg, uh, who really went from abs- uh, sorry went from figurative painters in their youth, and then actually as they got older they were becoming more abstract. But actually they were always figurative painters. Even the most abstract uh, work of Mondrian, it has the the basis of uh, something figurative inside. And this is what I try and do. But then in reverse, so I start off with the pure lines, the the absolute essential directions, the, the, the essential positioning of all elements. 
And then top of that, we try and add a style because the style, of course, is something which can change, but a very well laid out floor plan, if you do it really well, can actually go for generations. And this is for me, one of the most important things in, in all of our projects. We want to have a different style for each project, a different look, a different, different feeling. But uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the way, the, the logic behind the scenes, should we say, working in the back of the house and the front of the house, should always be the same. It should be completely logical. The back and the front of the house should always flow together. So really in, in, in the last 25 years, this is really what I've been working uh, towards uh, with all the, uh, the different restaurants uh, we've designed. We've worked with some of the greatest chefs in the world from uh, uh, one star to three star Michelin uh, chefs. Uh, often they were the owners of the restaurant, which of course, when it's your own money in a restaurant, it becomes extremely personal. So really we're working with these people and, they, and them telling us, you know, the essence for, 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 for uh, the, the great um, uh, restaurants of the world is actually the table and the clients sitting, uh, the guests at the table. Uh, and that is actually the center of the world because when you go to a restaurant where you're sitting, it is you and your, your, your partner, your friends around the table, which, which really is the, the center of the world. And they say, uh, it has to grow from this, this nucleus and then you create a surrounding. So this is really the, 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 uh, my personal philosophy of design, to really uh, create something which, uh, which can last a, a, a huge amount of time. It, you, you should, you should uh, renovate because you want to give uh, something new to your clients, not because you have to change the style. So it's just always layering. So I think the, in the last 25 years with the restaurants uh, we designed, also the hotels, we, we really designed from uh, boutique hotels and the, the, uh, actually the, the last one we completed was in, uh, in Edinburgh, uh, the Market Street Hotel, which is actually the last block in the Edinburgh Castle Wall, uh, which is a UNESCO heritage site, uh, and which is very, very contemporary, but very much based in the heart of Edinburgh. And then completely opposite to that, uh, is a hotel, the Anders Hotel on the Palm Jumeirah, uh, which is of course a very twenty first century hotel, uh, in the, in the lying in the heart of the the, the Palm Jumeirah, uh, but that is really actually the combination, of uh, the the Arabic influence, beautiful contemporary Arabic art, uh, and a twenty first century cityscape, because of course in Dubai the entire city has been planned as one. So each individual building is actually all part of a collage. So actually from, from, the, from the Andas, you have the most beautiful uh, combinations of the Burj Khalifa, the Burj Al Arab, lined up from the swing pool. And then the swing pool we created actually with a beautiful Arabic uh, pattern on the floor, but it's an outside pool on the uh, 16th floor. So this is really that Google Planet story of uh, you know, the entire world, Google Planets, the, uh, the Palm Jumeirah. And I thought, if you're in the center of the palm, have fun when you're zooming in, that you think, whoa, what's, what's happening in there on the right-hand side? What are, those, what are those colors, what are those patterns? And then you, you, you zoom into it, and then you get this beautiful uh, Arabic uh, pattern in the pool, contemporary Arabic pattern. And then you really, you know you are, where you are in the world. So these are the sort of 
the fun factors of, to really make it something local and hopefully uh, uh, very profitable for the owners. And um, uh, actually our projects are extremely profitable for all of the different owners, uh, which is, makes me very proud because at the end of the day, it, it has to be profitable. Uh, to invest money is one thing, but to get a lot of money back, of course, helps with the investment and gives us actually more freedom because people really know that the uh, the the um, uh, the room rate is actually higher, which is which is at the end of the day the reason that all of these investors actually you know build these hotels, which is not a bad thing. That's a really fascinating uh, look into your past and kind of where you've come from, and kind of your you know philosophy of design and and how you how you run your agency. It's really interesting. I'd I'd love to hear. You mentioned, you know, obviously you guys have been around for um, 25 years know. now or, <laughs> you know, over that, you know, what was the, you know, those first few years like, do you remember how, you know, what the challenges you faced, you know, within the first three to five years, you know, do you even remember like the first project you worked on or, or you know, anything, any in- interesting stories to tell? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When I first moved to Amsterdam, I was of course uh, very young. I hadn't uh, that much experience. Uh, and then, um, and it's really actually, it's very, it's a great learning curve. For the first uh, five years, I worked for other other people, different architects' offices, restoration architects' offices. Of course, Amsterdam is an ancient city, so you learn a lot about um, uh, restoration and already the essence. You know, if you if you look at the canal houses, uh, uh, within the canal house, the historical society would actually say that there are certain beams, wooden beams, which are of historical importance. So if you were stripping one of these buildings, they would say, okay, there's several beams within the, the building or because of the certain size, um, have historical worth. The rest you can take away because they're rotten or whatever. Uh, but these things are the, uh, some of the essences of the city. Uh, and this is so, I think, so fantastic because very few people will actually see that beam uh, we're talking about, but the building retains the history of 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 its origin, uh, and this has also been one of my key things of of trying to create things which really, um, uh, in in years to come, people will look back and think, oh gosh, that's a very beautiful piece of artisan skill within this project. So we want to keep that, or we want to reuse it, or we want to to move it to uh, to a different location to sell it auction it whatever give it away but not throw it away i think it's um, to design things which at a certain stage are thrown away is is really um, is uh, is it, for me it's impossible i think it's um, uh, we have to together work to, to to create a society where each individual object you own uh, you want to own not you, you, you think, oh, well, no, let's take it anyway. You know, all those things you just take anyway. You have no emotional attachments to whatsoever. But if you, it, in, in, your, in your shoes, in your home, if everything you bring into your home, you really want to have it. Okay, we need a bed, of course. It's nice to have uh, maybe a, a, a kitchen and a bathroom. Huh? But for the rest, everything else is luxury. The, the, the chair you sit on, the sofa you sit on, the table you eat on, uh, these are actually nice to have elements, but each each element, if you if you think about it very carefully, and then uh, 
you you can look for uh, on uh, in on auction sites or in second hand shops but you know you you find the things which have been built with with quality and good materials which which will last for a long time and this i think through the working with the restoration architect that's where i learned probably the most about um, respect for the for the past and also building with quality if you build with quality like if you if you build a, a, a building of brick brick buildings people have a some sort of inner uh, emotional attachment to brick buildings are not often demolished not that quickly anyway if you have a glass facade building boom it's gone you know nobody has a much uh, uh, emotional attachments to glass and and I think through working with the architectural of a, um, a restoration architects I, re I really learned this so probably that was was one of my great things for learning curve and also I worked for a, an organic architectural office uh, Albert van Hoot one of the, the great uh, architects of the Netherlands uh, and their philosophy is all based around nature so even within the design practice there were only certain uh, degrees you could use on while drawing and the all of the, the degrees that you were allowed to use uh, were all based uh, around uh, nature because in nature there are no straight lines everything has a curve everything has a uh, a slight degree to it and then uh, for the first I think probably about uh, two weeks when I was in their office we really uh, they said okay Colin uh, you have to go into the garden, you have to, to, to draw the leaves, you have to draw the environment, because these are the things we would like you to, to bring into these projects. And so I was working on, uh, with a team, of course, on a, a very large, uh, was a, an office building was half a kilometre long. Uh, but all lines, there were no straight lines within the building. So, and you, but the way we were creating these offices, at the end, it almost felt like a medieval city. Because you had the uh, the the corridors, there were no straight corridors. So all 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 the 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 the, the walls were going off at different angles. And actually, you'd create somehow by only moving the corridor walls, you would create communities within with this within this vast office building. And then it's really then you see, it's it's actually it's not so difficult to to create a feeling. Uh, of uh, of community but you really have to think about it you have to th design not just aesthetically of course it has to be beautiful but the key thing is you have to design for people you really have to see people as the center of the entire world uh, when uh, when thinking of uh, creating anything should we say uh, uh, an office although you know offices are also changing very rapidly especially now you have to think you want to bring people together you know it, it should be like a village uh, certain sometimes you need to go to the bakers sometimes you need to go to uh, to to a different type of shop or you'd like to go to a park all of these things you can actually bring into uh, into an office building and and this is a philosophy i, I really try and uh, use throughout all of our projects to really create uh, a sense of well-being for 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 uh, for the for the guests and and also um, some sort of uh, ownership. So then you know they 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 have a um, some sort of attachment to to the elements that we 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 create within the space. And that's why I love to use artisans. I think anything which is being created by an artisan or an artist, 
always brings a um, a completely different ambiance uh, and feeling of of completeness to to all all buildings. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think a lot of design today is made to be disposable or temporary. So I love the the mindset behind creating things that last and using artisans and um, things that people would never want to throw away or um, things that really matter to people. What are some examples of uh, just design work that you've done, whether on a large scale or a small scale of, of utilizing these uh, artisans and handcrafted things that you believe are really going to stand the test of time and impact people for a long time? Oh yes, absolutely. Well, I think I I can uh, I, have, I have many many actually two ones with you, uh, but the um, s- some of the uh, more iconic elements, should we say, I think was probably working on the Parkhead Vienna, and the Parkhead was really created as the uh, the new center of luxury in Vienna, because it is actually on the Amhof, which is the old Roman square of Vienna. Uh, but until um, 10 years ago, when we, we completed the project, it was a little bit just slightly out of the way. You know how it goes in cities. So huh? you have the, the main the main square, which leads in Vienna then to the palace. But this was to the right hand side instead of the left. And uh, the Signa group, the owners um, said, OK, we've bought several buildings in this square. We want to we want to uh, direct the center of luxury to the right towards the, the, the Amhof. Uh, so they, they asked us to, uh, to uh, uh, renovate and see former Bank of Austria uh, into, and convert it into the, the Parkheit Vienna. And also uh, uh, to, to help create an ambiance that the, the leading uh, retailers of the world would also want to rent from the same owners. Very clever people. It's not bad to earn money. Um, but this was, you can only uh, convince, you know, the, the great brands of the world, Louis Vuitton, uh, Chanel, uh, Dior, uh, I think uh, 30 of the top uh, brands of the world are now around the Park Hyatt because of the quality they were investing in. And the way we really uh, try to, uh, to, to analyze the, the Amhof, the old Bank of Austria building, was to look, the, first of all, at the location of the building. And as I was saying, it was the it's because it's a square, uh, a square actually, <laughs> uh, from the from the Roman times. So we were looking at the history of that, and then of course into the the building the it's the old uh, gold reserve of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So there were two, uh, two gold vaults on top of each other underneath the um, underneath the the Park Hyatt, and they said to me, you know, Colin. There's probably a Roman uh, general buried underneath this uh, this building, and if we, if we if we dig down for the swimming pool, then uh, we'll probably have to um, uh, stop building for a year while the historical society come in, and and dig away everything. And I, my first reaction is okay, we're not going to do that. Uh, let's let's take out the floor one floor of the gold vault, which you can imagine, which is incredibly thick. Uh, but by by uh, by doing that, we could create the swimming pool in 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 the in the old gold vaults. We actually removed four massive doors, uh, bank vault doors, 
uh, we had three removed and I had one moved from the minus two to the minus one and then turned around just because you could see the golden center of this whole mechan the, the mechanics within the door. But then we were also looking there at the, uh, the history of Vienna. The golden period of Vienna was 100 years ago. Um, uh, the, um, the whole sessions movement, and it, which is a truly golden age of Vienna. And there were very beautiful small brooches made at this period by Hoffmann and many other the artists, uh, which, is, uh, which are in the museums mainly in, in Vienna. And we took this also as part of our decoration element for each room. And we said, this, uh, this site is so, um, uh, so important. Uh, we need to bring back the elegance and the refinement of, of uh, the whole sessions period of Vienna, the golden age of Vienna. So we had the, um, the, uh, these tiny brooches, around maybe three or four centimeters diameter, we had them made uh, in India by the really most stunning craftsmen uh, into to, uh, uh, panels for on the wall, which are, for, uh, sort of, I think, about 1 meter 40, 1 meter 60 high, in some cases uh, inlaid with semi-precious stones. But really, for me, it was not a copy because it was a, an artisan was recreating the work of an artisan using the best materials, the best... Um, skills they could possibly uh, you know put into the, into their work and these these true jewels will never be you know never will they be thrown onto the scrap heap they will always uh, go somewhere even if they move out to the park hyatt they will go into uh, people's homes uh, or, or or wherever but you know this is uh, built built forever and i think that's a wonderful wonderful thing about jewelry Jewelry is one of those uh, uh, small th ring things. If you think about a uh, a ring, maybe a ring from your your grandmother. It doesn't mean have to be the most expensive ring in the world, but that ring has such huge sentimental uh, impact for you and for your family, that it, it the worth of of the ring itself is 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 completely unimportant. But it's just the sentimental worth of something, and it's because. Not only was it a relation of yours, because it's the, the craftsmanship has, which has gone into it. And that's also why I liked in the, in the Park at Vienna to use that piece of jewellery to really create a um, uh, connection with, with the past. So I think that's maybe a bit of a long story, but uh, I think for me that was one of the, the, the things that we, I think we created, uh, or we had created 140 of these masterpieces of silversmith. Uh, which, which, are, which are now, you know, uh, for the enjoyment of all people staying in every room. Hearing you tell that story and then, uh, you know, as you're uh, telling us all that, I was looking through the photos of the Park Hyatt and uh, it's just awe-inspiring and, you know, the design is absolutely beautiful and um, it's, it's really neat to hear that backstory of that too, of, of how you approach that. And I love the, the thinking um, and, and even as we talked prior to, to our interview now, you, I, I remember you saying the term, uh, you know, the new antiques of the future and, you know, how the, and you continue to say, you know, it's artisan work is never going to be thrown away. And I think that that leads to, um, even, and I think you even mentioned it, you know, the topic of sustainability and how that can help our, our um, communities and, 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 you know, our world. And, you know, it's, as you've said before, I think is, you know, it's kind of the designers are responsible to create these locations and these spaces 
um, that are, you know, forward thinking in that manner. How do you think the role and emphasis of sustainability um, will continue to evolve and continue to um, push boundaries for the industry and into the future? I think we actually we we are now um, entering a new golden age, if you if you ask me, and you did. <laughs> uh, I think with the this whole uh, COVID uh, uh, period we're going through, uh, is uh, is uh, for for mankind a a moment where we all, we have a very good slap in the face which we all needed, uh, that we that we now understand that uh, uh, our world our environment. Is also part of us, and we cannot say, "Oh, I, you know, oh yeah, I like green, the color." No, we have to like green, and which is which is this this planet Earth. And I think, what's now I should think, and I hope, and I will definitely work for it myself, uh, is to to work with people uh, to to really uh, see how we can become a little. Uh, more pure, uh, we don't, uh, you know, uh, so far, uh, what's happening in the world, you see, already you see this more and more, that the, 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 uh, uh, the world's population are starting to plant trees. Millions and millions of trees are now being planted around the world. And this is a, uh, a complete uh, uh, opposite to the way we're thinking the world is going. Of course, we have very unfortunate moments in time of uh, what's happening in the Amazon in Brazil, which, which will, I am sure, I'm convinced, uh, people will stop uh, destroying our own oxygen, should we say, and start uh, to restore it. Uh, because, because we can, we can, we can do this. We, I'm sure we can. But we need to, to, to think uh, about sustainability in all things. If you're in, in, in all of our countries, there are so many things we can do uh, uh, by, by using simply natural materials. If you, if you, if you use a, a beautiful piece of wood, which is a local indigenous wood from, from whichever country you're in, and if you know that it's, it's also uh, being taken from, from a forest, which is actually a managed forest, so the, for, the, for all the trees that you're taking away, more trees will be planted for the, each one taken away you're you're actually actively uh helping to to green this world and i think if we if we all just think more in this direction of of uh, what is what is already around you what what can we use or can, what can we reuse uh i'm moving my office now here in amsterdam to a to an, a uh, should we say a bit of an, an up-and-coming area it used to be uh, the center where they, they had the Hells Angels and a, a prison. So until about five years ago, a place you'd only be, literally be, only be found dead in. Uh, but now they're, they're really, uh, they're, uh, it's just along the, the Amstel River. So they've, uh, they've, they've taken all of that away. They've, they've demolished these. There were five or six uh, prison towers, all made of concrete. But the concrete itself is now... Uh, being uh, pulverized and used as part of the foundations and building material of all of the the new buildings and it will the center is all also completely um, uh, being built around sustainability the, about creating a green future all all roofs will be greened but then how nice to have green roofs to look on 
or how nice that you can then you have uh, in your in your building you have a green garden on the roof instead of just uh, you know asphalt or 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 um, or, uh, or or just a pitched roof so i think we are all responsible for our own environment and we have to promote this more and but also think what is pure what what can you make of of uh, of uh, pure materials one of my absolute favorite materials uh, is uh, mother of pearl because when you say mother of pearl most people are a little shocked they think, oh mother of pearl but it's so expensive and uh, oh but is that um uh, is that uh, is that green is it sustainable in the world, you know, there are lots of shells. The shells are, of course, of uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, from the oysters, from all of these shellfish. Uh, once these shellfish are either they die in the sea or they, they're eaten by mankind, because we do need to eat, almost always the, the shells are then uh, thrown away. But if you if you have an artisan and an artisan takes hold of one of these shells, and expertly cuts it and polishes it, it then the the mother of pearl itself becomes a true jewel, although actually completely worthless. Once the the artisan has started to work with it, it becomes one of those uh, uh, instantly recognized uh, elements that everybody in the world thinks as uh, superb. Uh, you say mother of pearl to I think anybody or any or show mother of pearl to anybody in the world, and they would always uh, see it as uh, one of the most beautiful materials on earth. And we use mother of pearl quite regularly, first and foremost because I think it's beautiful, it's completely natural, and to get to, to something made of it, you need you need to really uh, work with uh, great uh, skilled artisans. So in this way, you can really new, use natural materials, helping uh, artisans to, to create beauty for us all to enjoy. So I, I would say that that's my, the, yeah, look around you. There are very, there's a lot of very beautiful materials if, if, you, if you just look carefully. Yeah, that's, that's a really cool outlook and uh, way of working. Thank you. So... I think as you alluded to, the pandemic has ushered in kind of a new phase, uh, a new age. What do you think we should be looking for in the future of the hospitality industry um, in the post-pandemic world? I think everybody will be going very close by on holiday. <laughs> I think that's the first and foremost, you know, uh, for for next uh, uh, couple of years at least, you are thinking, most people in this world are thinking, I'd really like to go on holiday, which is very normal for everybody. But instead of saying, okay, I want to go to as far away as possible to go to a, to a beach, then you're looking around and thinking, oh, you know, if I, if I actually, if I get in my car or a bus or a train or preferably, uh, for me, I love trains, um, and I travel a few hours, then uh, should we say, I'm, I'm in Amsterdam. So, um, it's a very central, it's a very small country, of course, but it's, it's very lo uh, centrally located within Europe. And if I jump on a train uh, within uh, five hours, I've covered uh, half of Europe in all directions. So if you want to go to a very beautiful uh, empty beach, there are lots to find. You know, you don't have to get on a plane for 18 hours. So I think it's going to be a moment when, uh, when the world discovers there are a lot of very beautiful places to 
to see, very close by. And I think also in America, if you, if you look around, you know, have such a huge country with such a diverse, uh, such diverse nature, you don't have to travel to the other side of the world to see nature. Nature is all around us. And if we um, take the sort of, uh, um, I think if you, if you, people get into a, a habit very easily. Oh, I, I, I always go there on holiday. Okay, this year, maybe that always to, uh, I don't know, like Thailand is not going to happen. Unfortunately for Thailand, of course, it's, and I think this is very, it, but this, you know, there are always winners and losers in all these things, but uh, uh, we will get through this period. But hopefully a lot of people in this world are now going to look around. But if I travel now for, for an hour or half an hour even, what are, what are the cities and places around? And I think we'll get a lot more attached to our own uh, uh, neighbours, which is also good. It's good to have good neighbours. So I think that for travel-wise, that's really for me, uh, looking into the future is actually uh, becoming more local uh, to, have, uh, to know your own neighbourhood a little bit more, which I think is a very good thing. I think this is a... One of the very positive things which have come out of this whole COVID uh, period. Definitely, yeah, I hundred percent agree with with everything you said. You know, we, we're even seeing here in America definitely the domestic travel kind of leading the recovery so far, yeah. and so it's I think it's going to definitely continue for the foreseeable future. I think, um, you know, kind of <clears throat> just asking you personally, um, you know, um, you know, you kind of just talked about like what you think the the future of hospitality will hold and what things will impact that, um, you know, being in this industry for the last 25 years, um, you've seen a lot, you've seen a lot of trends come and go, I'm sure. Um, you know, what, looking forward to the next 25 years, what do you, what excites you personally? What sort of personal things are you looking forward to exploring or learning about? Um, or just, you know, how do you, you know, what, what excites you about the, the future? Oh yeah, no. I think really we are. We I absolutely firmly believe this. I think we are living in the new golden age, um, and we have a lot to be grateful for. So we, uh, uh, my 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 actually both my grandparents were uh, in the uh, the Second World War. Both actually survived. Uh, 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 one grandparent, a set of grandparents were in, uh, in, uh, in a pub in England and a bomb uh, came through five stories and went into the basement. They were in the basement with everybody else who were in the pub. And the, 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 um, uh, the waiter said, ladies and gentlemen, I think we should adjourn to outside. And I think, you know, you have to, you have to enjoy life because life is very short. Your moment is very short. And we should simply get out there, enjoy it. There's a lot to see. There's a one, people are wonderful. You know, the, we are all the same, but slightly different. And I think for me, it's the slight differences which make everything so much more interesting. Because you would not travel anywhere if it was exactly the same as where you are now. Why would you? It's the same. So it's, it's the individuality of all peoples and all locations, which is... So the, the essence, I think, of, uh, of our society. So I think, uh, and I firmly believe this, that, uh, that people are really waking up 
to, um, to the differences, to also to celebrate the differences in mankind. So we no, no longer all want to be one type of person. We all want to be individuals as we are and to celebrate our own individuality, but within the safety of, should we say, these uh, great continents. You in America, we in Europe, the people in South America, they see themselves, or China as well, you know, it is you know, one mass of people, but still there is individuality. And we, we, have, to, we have to celebrate the individuality more. I think uh, I was reading a report that in Europe now, uh, more uh, local indigenous uh, uh, languages uh, have, are being spoken daily than for the last 50 years. And I think this is because people are feeling more... Uh, are feeling safer to be individual because of of the group who of of countries they're now should we say protected to, together with and and I think that that's a very good sign in in uh, in the United Kingdom uh, there's more Welsh being spoken than ever uh, in Ireland as well and in Scotland so all of the local even in in uh, I think in uh, in Cornwall, the, the, oh, the, really, the local languages are really flourishing. And it's, they're flourishing because uh, people feel protected and they're allowed to be individual. And that, that, that's really good. Well, Colin, we love your optimism, um, your you. outlook on life, and just the guiding principles and philosophies behind your work. We are extremely excited to watch as you continue to create amazing properties and um, as you lead the industry and in thoughtful design. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, we look forward to seeing what's next. Thank you so much. It was really a great pleasure. And uh, uh, it's, it's not something I do very often, actually. Uh, so I was a little bit nervous about it. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. But uh, I, am, I am very enthusiastic about life. And uh, I hope a little bit of my enthusiasm maybe uh, sparks a little bit of enthusiasm by other people. But thank you for the opportunity. Love it. Thanks, Colin. Thank you so much. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Future Hospitality and on Facebook by searching for Future Hospitality. Future Hospitality.